You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. This week, we have some really fun movie news to kick off the show. And Taylor, this is like really themed to you, this movie news. So are you ready for this? Yes, and I haven't seen any movie news today. So I'm I'm in, in suspense. I can't wait. Okay, you, you may know this, you may not. I only saw it myself today, but I do believe it's uh, it was a couple days old. Like I think it was on the weekend that this was announced. So uh, I will walk you through it. Um, Bill Skarsgård has been cast in a reboot of The Crow that will be directed by Rupert Saunders, who directed Snow White the Huntsman and the very troublesome Ghost in the Shell movie. Um, But now that Bill Skarsgård has been cast, the film should start uh, filming this year. What are your thoughts? Did you know about this? Did you hear about this? No idea. I had, you know, every once in a while, there's crow news. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> when I was reading the articles all about this, it'd be like, wow, they've really been trying to do a reboot forever. Yeah, like probably <laughs> since the original one. Like, unfortunately, when um, Brandon, Brandon Lee, Brendan, Brendan or Brandon, the original The Crow, um, when he passed away, like, I think since then they've been trying to do more with the franchise but anyways so my first hot take is i'll believe it when i see it yeah because directors and stars have been attached to the movie like it's Mm -hmm. gotten this close before as far as i know i think that's very interesting casting and it'll be interesting if did the article say if it's going to be a remake of the original movie or is or if they're going to pick a different Eric Craven from the comic books well they keep saying reboot so chances are that means that they're going to try to remake it with like the original character right. and like kind of redo the movie but reboots can sometimes mean in the same universe but not necessarily the same person so the term they used was reboot so i haven't read the graphic novels but um there's like it's one of those types of stories where the character is like reborn Mm -hmm. you know what i mean But, but it's like a different person so that's why this is one of those franchises where it's like that's okay you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. don't touch the original beloved movie just dip into the other intellectual property but knowing yeah. has knowing how hollywood works <laughs> that's yeah probably... like that would be that would be a very it's a very comic book like thing to do where they yeah. want to expand the universe so they create multiple reincarnations of someone or they create multi-universes and it's kind of like accepted and fine and for some reason hollywood can't always get there nope they but just I like will... let's just remake it <laughs> Exactly. But I will say, I think this is where um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to do some good because they have proven that people 
will watch multi-universe characters from multi-things and can accept the fact that there are three different Spider-Men in three different universes and that they all can coexist and also not like they don't have to be the same Peter Parker. So I think that actually helps your cause where they could do a reboot, but it's a different character and still honor what was and mention and bring up what came before. So casting, I think is great in a sense, like, the first movie was very like martial artsy. And as far mm. as I know, Bill Skarsgård isn't known for his martial arts. No, but... I mean, I, for people who don't know who Bill Skarsgård is, he's most famous like right now for Pennywise the Clown in the yeah. two It movies that were kind of the remake It movies. He played Pennywise. And he's a Skarsgård, so yes. part of the Skarsgård family of actors. I think he's very talented. Like, I don't yeah, I don't have a problem with his acting or, like, typecasting. Like, I think it should be fine. It'll be interesting what direction they go. What I am a little bit nervous about is the director. Yeah, so the, <laughs> there's, there's so much to unpack with this director, too. <laughs> I'm not super familiar with his work. I have not seen Snow White and the Huntsman, although... I can't remember getting like phenomenal reviews. You know what I mean? I saw it. It was not good. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it, it was really, really good. Though. It was really um, the and unfortunately for everyone else involved with that production, it was really marred by his affair with um, Kristen what? Stewart. Kristen Stewart at the time, right? Which connects us back to this episode a lot because she was dating and was with Robert Pattinson famously. Uh, at the time of this movie and when this all yeah, this so went down. we're coming so, full instead circle. Of, <laughs> instead of seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's seven degrees of Kristen Stewart. <laughs> or Robert Pattinson, I guess, whatever, yeah. whoever connects it. But yeah, you're right. And so then he, he, he didn't direct anything. Like that movie came out in 2012 and he didn't direct anything until 2017. When he did Ghost of the Shell with, with Scarlett Johansson, the famous movie where she said she wanted to play a tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that those are his only two film credits. So Just those two. <laughs> it's weird to me. Like Bill Skarsgård is more or less, I would say, has become a household name because of it. Mm-hmm. He's been in because other things, yeah. but like yeah. is like considered quite a good actor. So you have kind of I would go so far as to say he's an A-list actor. And I'd say he's getting. If he's not there yet, he's getting there. Right. And then you have this kind of like B or C list director? Not even and, B. I don't even think you can say. Yeah, he's so only, I was he's being only two films. I yeah, I, he's, he only becomes a C because of the famous like affair with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, like that's the only reason why he would be like a C level director. Otherwise, I don't think you'd ever heard of him. So I hope it's just not a missed opportunity. Everyone on this show knows that The Crow is a beloved film of mine. Mm-hmm. Top, I would say, top five. And um, I think in the right hands with the right actor, uh, it could be a really great opportunity to reboot the series and we could have multiple. It could become a franchise. I think you mm. could. But mm. um, I I think it's a we- it's I'm nervous. It's with- definitely a weird director choice. I agree. Yeah. Definitely very strange. Now, does it make you feel any better? That according to the articles and stuff I've read, Bill Skarsgård is a massive fan of The Crow. Like, does that make you feel? So, I have. I feel comfortable with him as the actor, but as we mm. know, um, it's not enough. Yeah, <laughs> not like enough. Just a big, directors, big actor. and especially because this this is like a world building 
franchise. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it has like mythos. And if a director doesn't have a very clear vision, um, I don't think they can pull it off. Like it can now, become very I didn't corny. S- you're, you're right. And I didn't see Ghost in the Shell. But Neither did I. Snow White and Huntsman, I remember not liking it. And I do remember that movie. But I will say it did build a world. That's yeah, a fantasy. It was, it was very fantasy. It was very like visually well done. Production value on that movie was quite high. There wasn't anything wrong with the direction. It just like, I think it just wasn't, it just didn't work. Like the things just didn't fit together. They really leaned into more of the like, the not the fantasy and Disney of Snow White, but the kind of, I, I don't know if it's a, what's the fairy tale Brothers, Brothers Grimm. I don't know if it's a Brothers yeah. Grimm one or not, but it was much more of a like darker, realistic, gritty, Lord of the Rings style kind of film. Um, and it just, it just didn't work, but I don't think it was necessarily because of him. So I could there, see there. that that movie could be like, people could look at that and be like, well, this movie did build, and they did make a second, like he didn't direct the second movie, but they did make another movie. Like they, you know, he yeah. obviously built enough of a world for them to make another one. So maybe there's something there. We'll see. I'll just, I I have no problem with the casting. I think it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, And I also, as I said at the top of the show, I'll hold my breath because we have gotten this close in the past. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So you never. (laughs) Yeah. Until, because I can just, this is one of those franchises that like, it almost feels doomed to begin with. Like I wouldn't be surprised and I'm not saying this is going to be happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if like midway through shoot, they have to recast or like midway through midway through shoot, they have to rewrite or they replace the director or bring another director on. Like that's how plagued this franchise has been. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. It's so interesting that, that it's just had such a, I didn't even know until reading the articles, like what a history of trying to get, do a remake and trying to do another one that it's come from. And and the fact that it, it is from a graphic novel, you probably have a lot of rich material to pull from where they can like expand the world and do a cinematic universe and do things. But it's interesting that every step of the way, there's been these problems and issues. So Maybe, maybe they're uh, maybe they're, they're turning a corner. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I thought one. I thought that that you know you're a big fan of the crow, so I thought that would be yeah, a, huge a good fan. thing for us to talk about. But also, I thought it connected well with our theme today of the Batman. We're going to talk about the Batman movie, and um, for many reasons, it connects. Mike, you have seen the crow, right? I have seen the crow. Yes. Okay, so we have lots to talk about because I almost felt like I was watching the crow. Yeah, um, actually, a little little kind of not spoiler, but like little sort of like preview into it. This, the Crow is one of four movies I have written down that I felt like the movie drawed a lot major, of um, major, major things from. Not Even, not that that's a bad thing, but no, that no, no, you could no, 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 see no. the influences from. And I wrote four movies down. And the Crow was one of them. <laughs> Again, like we'll get into it in a little bit, but just before I forget, like the the club scenes. Like, literally could have been lifted out of the crow. Like, when so, they're in the Penguins Club. <laughs> you know what's really, really, really funny? Is I, 
I've, so I saw this movie twice in, in preparation. Um, and the first time I watched it, the club scene, even though they, I think there's three, two or three moments where he's in the club. Yeah. They kind of just like, I don't know what the first happened to me the first time I was watching this movie, but they kind of just like didn't register for me. So the second time I watched the movie, I was like, is this an extended edition? Like, I don't remember. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing at this club? Like, what what is he doing here? And and I must have just like, I don't zoned know what out. it was. Zoned out completely. But the second time, I was so surprised. I was like, is well, this an extended version of this movie? Mike, you had a lot of time to zone out with this movie, which is something we'll get into. Yeah, we'll get uh, into that too. <laughs> I'm not surprised. There was a time in the movie of you zoning out. But yeah, um, before yeah. before we get into that, I know we have fan questions. So we should probably yes, so get to those. We actually have many fan questions from one person because I have neglected Josh the Inquisitor. Um, and he's asked many questions over the past couple of weeks and I, we haven't gotten to them. Now, some of them might be irrelevant now, and but we'll, we'll go through and read them all. But this will be a nice uh, nice little fan episode of, of mainly Josh the Inquisitor and Batman. Um, so, so going all the way back to our Oscars episode, Josh wanted to know... Um, what our biggest surprise out of the Oscars was. Um, so eliminating the the slap from it, w- was there a win out of there, Taylor, that was a big surprise to you if who won or who didn't win? Like, was there anything? Or did it kind of, I mean, you scored actually pretty well, uh, more so than it usually does. So did things kind of yeah. go more or less where you thought? I think the only major, and it's not really a surprise because in a sense, like, I, I am still slightly surprised that Coda won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Just because of the year. Like, you know, we had Belfast. We had West. Like, the other movies it was up against, we had more Oscar-y Oscar movies. Yeah. So, um, but, like, I'm never, I've said this before, I'm never surprised with what the Oscar, with what the Academy does. Yeah. Well, I think the Coda win, though, would be more of a pleasant surprise yes, yes, type of win yeah. as opposed to like a why is Green Book winning kind of win. Yes, exactly. <laughs> where it's like, yes. where it's like, what Coda? Wow. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, it would be kind of like a drive my car one where it's like, okay, it, it, it would be kind of like, oh, all right. Like you're, that's a direction that I didn't think you're going in. Like, that's true. Like I just, Belfast or Power of the Dog. Are much, certainly West Side Story are much more like Academy type movies that would have probably made more sense in terms of their history to win. But it's kind of nice to see different types of movies kind of get finally their due. Um, so it was nice to see Coda win um, so much all over the place. Like that was that was definitely a surprise, without a doubt. Um, okay, and then his his kind of general question is: How do you feel the Oscars went? So we actually because of the incident we didn't actually get too much into the show like we talked a little bit about it but overall i know you watched about you you left just before the slap so you watched yeah, about much. an hour and a half of it um I, like i'll tell you up until that nothing of interest happened and i was just kind of like okay at least nothing too weird has happened like i remember the oscars from last year everything they did just didn't Cringe. And it, it was, was so yeah, cringe. It was, it was cringy. Year. At least this one was a little bit like you're just doing your thing. 
which is what I think they should do. I still think it should have just been Wanda Sykes hosting. I think that of the three, she was the best anyway. Um, nothing like I like Damien Schumer too, but I, why why not just have one of the hosts? Like why did why did you have to have all three people? But like it just didn't make sense, yeah, and that right. created some awkwardness at the beginning. I thought um, where you could have just had one of them, but that was those are my kind of reactions do you have anything else just about the Oscars no, in general I agree with you Mike like I don't know why they went with three hosts it also was particularly weird because they ended up separating the hosts yeah. anyways yeah. so I don't know what that was all about um I like you said watched the first hour and a half I would say it felt normal it felt like a normal mm-hmm. award show mm-hmm. um nothing crazy um I wish I had seen the in memoriam just so that I could see like how awful it was. It was awful. We talked about that last. Uh, <laughs> it was so bad. Like it was, it was it, like so egregiously bad that it, if I were to make like a top cringe worthy Oscar moments, like the slaps, obviously number one to at least for me. And number two would be um, Regina Hall of, uh, feeling yeah what's his name um and uh, josh brolin and yeah. that would be like number two and like a close third would be this in a memoriam like it it was it was borderline offensive to everybody who died like yeah. it was it was almost like it was just on the border of it where it's like i guess this is okay but you're pushing it i will say this um i don't know if it's because so i watched the oscars ctv you know like online mm-hmm. like the the television oh, yeah. channel i watched course, yeah. the stream through ctv and i don't know if it's because of how ctv like um fed in the live stream but it opened really weird on my end it opened with um selena and the williams sisters what's oh serena and venus yeah serena and venus being like and now here's beyonce Mm -hmm. is that how yours started too yes it was a very it just sort of like started on them and then they i felt i felt like i had missed the opening of the show so that pretty much went right from the red carpet to that okay so to me from an editing point of view that should have happened after the introductory monologues Mm -hmm. i think that was a poor creative choice because it felt like oh i the stream must have lagged and cut off the beginning of the show because it wasn't like beyonce was like um the opening act so to speak she was just singing one of the award songs yes so it was so weird so from that i would say like that also wasn't great. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, that, those are my Oscar <laughs> thoughts. Those are your Oscar thoughts. Okay, so another question from Josh that came in that I missed. Um, this one's for you, Taylor. Did you okay. see that Netflix has canceled Archive Eighty One? Yes, I saw that last week, and I'm really, I'm really upset. And the it's kind comment- of a surprise. I, I've heard nothing but good things about it from people. <laughs> Exactly. And that was like the comments on it might have been like an AV, um, an AV club article. And it was like, they cancel um, Archive 81. And yet they keep Emily in Paris. Like, it just goes to show like, no one understands what Netflix is doing. And I don't even think Netflix (laughs) understands what Netflix is doing. Because 
yes, there were problems in the season. Like it wasn't a flawless series, but critics and viewers have been responding really well to it. So I have no idea why Netflix does what Netflix does. Um, yet they are quite fine with renewing um, Bridgerton. Uh, Bridgerton has already been renewed for season three and four, and I'm pretty sure they guaranteed four seasons after the first season. So why that, but not? What is what is Bridgerton? It's a you it's some sort it. of historic. You drama. would hate it, Mike. It oh, is okay. A, but um. If it, it so they're based on books and the books mm-hmm. are romance books, which are which would be called bodice rippers. So they're a historical <laughs> romance <What>? novels <laughs> okay. where, um, yes, the romance is more info- important than plot, you know what I okay. mean? Like, and so the Bridgerton is an adaptation of the books, and it's just like I watched them, I binged the second season this past weekend. <laughs> They're kind of, I don't know, they're they're silly, but um they're it's like the Hallmark movies, you know what I mean? Like Oh, okay. You know, you can just watch it and like right. it's very predictable, but you know it's gonna have a happy ending. And I will say the production value is really beautiful on the mm. on this um this TV series. Like costuming is really great. It has good actors and stuff, but it's just like it's pretty corny. But anyways, I do know why Bridgerton has been um, renewed. I was kind of being, it's not a great comparison. I was being a little facetious. Um, Bridgerton has like the best opening weekend numbers in like Netflix history, like above mm. and beyond. Like Yeah, I knew else. it was a very popular like, thing. I just, it's a yeah. runaway success. So, but Archive 81 was like not Bridgerton numbers success, but like it was in the top 10 for quite some time. Yeah, certainly not. It didn't bomb. Like, it certainly didn't bomb because not only from you and other people, but like reading reviews online and seeing it, like, it clearly did well and it had a following. So it just, it, that did kind of surprise me to hear that they would can it. Um, yeah, I don't But know. I agree with you. I don't know if, if even Netflix knows how they're so successful and how I think, this, like, model works. I think they've, like, stumbled upon something and they don't know how. Like, I think that, like, the execs or whoever makes these decisions has like a bulletin board and then they just throw darts and like, okay, the dart hit that. We're canceling that. Oh, the dart hit that. We're renewing that for seven more seasons. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Someone, someone will have to do some research one day, maybe way way in the future and at Netflix in this model, because I still just, I don't understand how they make their money, but they keep producing like talk about production value, like every, even the things I don't watch when I see a preview or I just seen like a Netflix original, like the production value is fantastic. A lot of it looks really good. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm confused as to why they can make all this money when they're charging everyone the same amount. And there's a finite amount of people who can buy your service. And once they have your service, like, I don't know what their new customer rate is like, but once you have it, you generally just have it. So I guess it's kind of like a gym. Like gyms stay in operation, not because of the people who go to the gym, but it's the people who have a membership and never go yeah. and don't cancel it. And just let it that, renew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like someone, I can't remember who, a friend of mine did like a study and like worked closely with two gyms and basically discovered that 75% of their revenue came from people like that. 
who just yeah. like have it and don't ever cancel it. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's what Netflix is. The Once soul... they have you, you never cancel. Like, and you're it's... just... It's the sole reason that probably Apple TV still exists. There's- yeah, that's true. Like, who is watching Apple TV, Taylor? I don't know who's watching But it's like it. $6 a month, so like who cares? You know what who I mean? Who cares? It, like, I have Apple TV and I have not turned it yeah, on. Less than like, a Starbucks. Time. <laughs> yeah. And they yet they still, <laughs> they know. definitely get my money every month. And then, uh, last. But one last ahead. thing, Mike. So, like, not only does the business model not make sense, but then they go ahead and cancel things that the people who are watching Netflix actually like. So it's like, what? Like, I don't... Maybe because they just know you're not going to cancel your subscription. Yeah, they know. know. (laughs) Like, you're just, you're not going to cancel your subscription so they can do whatever makes them the most or least money or whatever. I'll stick around for Bridget in season three and four. (laughs) They know it. it. They know it. You're getting it. Um, th- and Netflix does not let things go past three seasons very often. So that's pretty good. If you can get, if they're gu- guaranteeing it a fourth season, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, last question from Josh, and this is a good transition back into Batman because he wants to know how this Batman stacks up against the previous versions. Now I want to, I want to read into this question a bit. Does he mean the movie or does he mean Batman? Sorry, what? <laughs> so, so okay, so the, the question, the way the question's worded, how does this Batman stack up against the other versions? So does he mean, how does this Batman, like the character Batman stack up? Oh, or how does this movie stack got up? It. Got it. Because I'm reading this as character. Yeah, like how this does incarnation. The char- yeah, exactly. Robert Pattinson's Batman. Which I think is, a, like, that's kind of where I'd like to kick things off. Like, this is, this is a good transition into our Batman talk, because I think we can start right there. And before we get into the movie, we can talk about Robert Pattinson and answer this, this question of, of Josh's and, and kind of see where that, that takes us. But, but we should warn, because we're getting into the Batman talk now, we'll, we'll warn our, our fans and our listeners, um, we are going to get into spoilers. Um, the movie's been out for about a month. We figure you've had a chance to see it. We'd like to talk spoilers for this movie. So we are going to get into some spoiler talk. So warning, spoilers ahead for the Batman. If you have not seen it yet, you just haven't had a chance to go out, definitely you'll want to pause this podcast and come back and listen later. Um, But we're going to go into spoilers. We're going in. Um, So let's, let's begin right there. Let's answer this question. How does this Batman stack up with other versions. Um, I'm really interested to see what you thought. So before you get into your thoughts on the movie, Taylor, just talk about Robert Pattinson. What did you think of, of him in the role of Batman? I think it's probably everyone can anticipate my answer. I obviously loved his Batman. He was he was a fantastic Batman. <laughs> I love everyone who was worried should be relieved because <laughs> he was a fantastic. Batman. I had no doubts because I think he's a very talented actor, and I think he gets a bad rap because of Twilight, and I think it's unjust the slack he gets because you don't hear that. A Christian Stewart doesn't get that slack, and none of the Harry Potter kids do. So why does Rob well, Pattinson 
Hold on. <laughs> let's 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 talk about that. First of all, the Harry Potter movies are way better than the Twilight. Fair, movies. fair. There's not. They're not even in the same league. Fair. Even the David Yates directed ones, which aren't great, but still are better than Twilight. Now, Kristen Stewart, I agree with what you're saying. I just think she did more mainstream stuff after than he did. Right. Because Robert Pattinson, like, he just went and was an artist like he went and did he did whatever he he wanted to do yeah um where she did yeah like snow white and huntsman and she did like multiple different types of movies with her and she had like a ton of movies then did some indie stuff but she had a bunch of movies after where i think people got to see her do different things um but i do i do agree with you robert pattinson is unfairly criticized his yeah, I right. think he did great. I think when people were like, "Oh no, it's gonna be emo Batman." Batman is emo, okay? Like, yeah. If you if you think about the character, <laughs> that's exactly who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. He dresses up as a bat every night. Like, you can't be a stable person no, and do uh, that. Like, uh, like no, not to shame any orphans, but he's literally like, I'm a 30 year old orphan. And I've devoted my whole life to avenging my parents by dressing up all in black and stalking the night. Like, that's a pretty emo backstory, yes. right? I mean, he's in it. Remember, in this version, he's in his early 20s, technically. Oh, well, see, I he's thought like 20, it's 20 years 25. after his parents died. It's it's it, 10 years. Oh, okay. It's so the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Okay, no, so I he was like he was like 12-ish when his got parents died. So he got, is like a it. young... Yeah. Again, well, again, I, I saw the movie twice. That's the only reason why you know. I picked this. I didn't even know they went to the club, Taylor. So I don't. I didn't know what but, was going uh, on in the first movie. But yeah, he's he's in. He's like 22, 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Like he's around he's, that. He's around only that. been the Batman two years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's like figuring it out. You know what I mean? I thought it was great. A lot of the inspiration um, is Kurt Cobain, and I know some people were like, "Why?" Again, totally makes sense. Like, that to me checks out. Um, do I wish that maybe they had cut his bangs? Yes. <laughs> but, but aside from that, like, I, I thought he was great. I um, I have no problem with this, um, this incarnation. And as far as I know, they are anticipating this becoming like a, like, um, tie-in movies so it will be interesting to see like if robert pattison and maybe you know more about this than me um mike but if he does get a couple more movies it will be interesting to see how he like grows into the batman over time right yeah and that that's kind of what i am looking forward to i guess is the idea that you have someone who's young enough, who's playing a young enough character that you can see him age over time and see the character grow over time, which is very interesting to me because we haven't really seen that with Batman and it's rare that you get those opportunities with any superhero um, movie because, you know, people want to move on really quickly, but like I'm down to see, three to five more movies with him as Batman oh, yeah, over no the question. 10 to 15 years. Like I'm, I'm up for that. Cause it was, he was very good. Um, and I think that he, he for sure kind of got enough of what makes Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne and the realities of, of what, like I loved, I mean, I'm getting the real details of the movie with my comment here, but I love him at the beginning having to write down what he did every night 
because he's so he's awake every single night, things start to become a blur to him. And I really love that subtle details of of this Batman where you see kind of the like physical and mental toll. Very human. Like he yes. was very, very human. And like when he takes off his bat suit, like you see that he's all cut up, right? Like his knuckles are bloody that, you know, he walks kind of with a limp almost when he's mm-hmm. out of the suit. Um, and and I think that that's what's always made Batman so interesting is Batman like is a human among superheroes where he doesn't have a power. He's just a suit. Just, he just has a suit and gadgets and he's smart and he's got a lot of money and he's inventive, but he's not, he's not super powered in any way. And that's what makes him so interesting. And I liked this, that this movie looked at the toll that it took on him. I liked those moments. And I thought that was very good. this, typically we get a Batman that is in his thirties and I would even hazard like forties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Based on what <laughs> well, old the actor I, I is. A, I have a funny anecdote about that as well, but, but yes, uh, finish your point. <laughs> he's like, and so normally we see Bruce Wayne, like still being Bruce Wayne, like the billionaire. Whereas this Bruce Wayne is like shirking his responsibilities and is like, no, I don't want to do the business. And Alfred's like, uh, <laughs> You have to take these meetings, which is like so typical of like, if you think of like a 22 year old person Mm -hmm. being like, no, I don't want to do the family business. I want (laughs) to go do my crime fighting. Right. So I thought that was great too. I liked that. I really liked that Alfred him dynamic of almost like Alfred supporting him, but it is almost that here's your 20 year old who's doing something you don't, you don't as an older person understand but you're trying to support them. But it's like, okay, enough of your like side gig. Get down your, to the family Eat business. your breakfast. Yeah, eat some berries and let's go over some numbers. <laughs> and it's just like that, That again, that, that dynamic we didn't get to see much in Batman movies because he was always older. Yeah. Um, to see Alfred in that kind of parent role was really cool and was really interesting. But so funny anecdote about, about the age and stuff. So one of the two times that I saw this movie... Um, I went with uh, my friend Andrew and my parents were taking my nephew to see it. And we ended up all in the same theater. Like they bought tickets in in the same theater. They didn't actually know we were going at first. And then anyway, so um, after the movie, (laughs) my mom was like, (laughs) well, it's yes, we were getting to see Batman kind of at the end of his career. And I was like, what movie did you watch? He's like 25. And she like, literally <laughs> says, I've been at this multiple, two years. Multiple times. And I just thought that was so funny that, if the, you know, things you miss the first but, time around in a movie, that when you come back and you watch again, you pick up these details. And I thought that was really funny. In, that her, again, defense, in her defense, the end of the movie got a little bit confusing because it was so drawn out. Yes, and the end was, yeah. Yeah. They kept talking about, like, is this the end of Batman? And, like, <laughs> they do say that. Like, even he says, like, I think this is the end of Batman. So, like, I can understand how your mom could have took that as meaning, oh, he's at the end. You know, yeah. like, it, yeah. things are concluding for him when really, See, <laughs> yeah. That, I, that and I, no, I agree. And I think that I think that that makes sense. And I just, 
I guess for me, I interpreted that ending a little differently, at least the second time I saw it. Because the first time I saw it, I'll agree. I was like, what the heck is going on here? But the second time I saw it, I interpreted the end of the end of Batman and him saying that was actually more him talking about the way he was doing things. Because this movie shows Batman as that vengeance yes. sort of motif. Like he's doing this for vengeance purposes. And this movie moves him from vengeance to, to a, a symbol justice. of hope yeah. and justice. Yeah, like that's that's what kind of moves him from vengeance to justice. And I think that at the end of the movie, there's a lot of him thinking like, I can no longer be what I thought I right. was. I have to be something else, My- which is why he's like, hey, is this the end? Will this work? I don't know, but I have to keep going. Like that's kind of what I was thinking. I agree in your ultimate understanding that it's the transition from like vigilante to like hero but i think when he's that line where he's like is this the end of batman i think it really did have to do with him thinking that the riddler was going to unmask him because Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. like when they're in the riddler's apartment there's like question marks like who is he and you know like it's Bruce Rain right beside a picture of the Batman. So I think like the way that was filmed and edited, it's like um Batman's looking at that being like, "Oh, frig. Like he <laughs> he knows who I am." So that I That was an interesting like, MacGuffin actually, because that was an interesting turn that he that the Riddler didn't know. Yeah. I will again, And like, has been trying to figure out like uh, that was a little it was a little unclear first of all. But I thought it was an interesting choice for them to be like, "Oh, and but the Riddler didn't really figure it out. But like, why? Like he didn't. So this is yeah. why, again, I've talked about this recently. I feel like for whatever reason, the trend right now in Hollywood is mm-hmm. to just let directors do their thing. And if it results in a three hour movie, who cares? Well, right? see, this is the problem because that's, it's just an over, you're right. And it's an overcorrection. It's because directors and artists are saying, well, studios are getting too heavily involved. Studios are ruining this. Studios are ruining that. So now they're going too far the other way. There's a balance. That's what, like, producers are there for. They're supposed to rein in the creatives, and the creatives are supposed to push back against the producers. So I don't – I agree with you. It's just an overcorrection. We went too far the other way. (laughs) Where we just let directors do whatever they want. This movie 100% was too long. It I, was two hours and 55 minutes, and it 100% didn't need to be. It was and way it too long. And it felt two hours and 55 minutes. Okay, thank you, because you are the only other person, other than myself, who has, like, said that. And Where I I'm enjoyed... Like, this felt like a two-hour... Yeah, I enjoyed it, too, but two hours... It was definitely almost three hours. Like, it felt it, Yeah, like, I was like, okay, it's done now. Nope. Literally, oh, like, another so full hour of, <laughs> yeah. of stuff is happening. It reminded me of the... I don't know if you saw the last Lord of the Rings movie in the theater. Yeah, I did. Yeah. When it came out. Okay. The, how it faded to black six times. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is it. Nope. I had Psych. to go to the washroom so bad. I had been sitting there for three hours and it kept psyching me out. It was the worst. I remember hating the end of that movie just because I was so like, I just, I, I'm so annoyed that it, that it won't end. It reminded me kind of of that, where I'm just like, this is still going? Like, what What are you doing? Are you afraid there's not going to be another movie? Like, I don't get why I don't, they're shoving I don't get all it. this in here. Um, 
longtime listeners of the show will know that I am a big supporter of the hour and a half long movie. And I think with a a hero, like a action movie of this type, there's nothing wrong with it being between an an hour and a half and two hours. Yeah, because like I think a, a I think a, a tight. Yep, yeah, go ahead. A tight no, narrative. A, a tight, yeah, like a tight narrative of two hours for a superhero movie, and an hour and a half for like some of the other types of movies where it's like it, you don't have as much grandeur. Because yeah, in a superhero movie, you have to have certain action sequences. You have to do that. That's what people have come for. So I I agree with what you're saying. Like you could be a little longer, but three like three hours. It was is, too, it was like a director's cut, right? And it's like yes, save that for that's the what DVD. Like. That's what save that for like, the yeah. Blu-ray. Um uh, and like again, this is coming from someone who enjoyed the movie. I thought the Riddler character phenomenal. That actor who plays him is a very talented actor. I forget his name. Yeah, Paul Paul Dano. Yeah. Paul Dano, great actor, did a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. It mm-hmm. was I wish I didn't know he was playing him because the reveal would have been better. You know, yeah. like, um, but we live in a day and age where we know who's going to act in the movie three years before the movie even starts filming. So there was no way I could hide from that. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. <laughs> yeah, that was something. phenomenal. I cannot wait <laughs> to watch the second movie with him as the villain. Yeah, I mean, he, he will be. Was, he, they're setting him up for him to be the next big villain. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh, they, yeah. you know, they hinted at the Joker. But um, they might save him for the third. Movie. Yeah. See, okay. I got that same sense too. Because because it was only a hint. And whatever else they had planned with the Joker, they like cut it out. And like they weren't going to use it. So I, I have a feeling that the way they're setting this up. Because I know they want to do like an Arkham Asylum. Like inside the Arkham yeah. sort of movie. I think they're setting it up to like do another Batman movie with the Penguin. And have the Batman versus the Penguin get the penguin locked in there and then it becomes like a thing. It's like, Oh, and here's, here's all these votes. Like, I think I agree with you that tease. I was like, Ooh, they did it so little. I think they're saving this. Like, I think they're not going to give it. To I us think right they're away. really going to build up. I think they're going to build up and let's face it. The Joker's the most iconic villain. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think in terms of payoff, like if you think back to Christopher Nolan's, like it's a little bit lunch pick and people might fight me on this. People who read the comics might not agree, but I don't read the comics, full disclosure. I've read a couple of the graphic novels, but anyways, um, lunch baked let down that the second, I think it's the second Christopher Nolan's the Joker. And then they close with Bane. Well, that is though, because, um, well, yes. So the Joker right, is supposed yes, to be in that movie. Okay, yeah. I completely. <laughs> People are going to no, be so insensitive. No, 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 no. It's, it, it's no, it's it's a it's an it's completely understandable because that's that it wasn't the original intention. Right. Okay. The intention was that the Joker was going to be in the third movie, right, and yes, like Bane was going to be in it. Right. Yeah, like Bane was going to be in it, and some of the Bane stuff was still going to happen, but the Joker was going to play a more crucial right. role okay. and like they were going to do like asylum stuff and multiple right. villains and do a thing but unfortunately Heath Ledger passed yes, away I completely and that kind of yeah forgive no, me no, for my insensitivity I completely no I, I think but, I think it's understandable but right that. like you know the Joker is the iconic and I know people are like oh I've seen enough of the Joker no you haven't I call BS people are like I don't need to see the Joker again 
whatever. Oh, I I agree. I think when people say that, I'm just like, oh, you're going to be there. Yeah, you're going to so, love it. You're going to talk about the so Joker. There's so many other Batman villains we could do. No, you're here for the Joker 100%. You cannot wait to see the new version. And yeah, so just you guys can moan all you want, but I know you're going to pay to go see the 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 new joker and um so i looked up who it was so this Mm -hmm. is a big spoiler so it's the actor that played icarus in the eternal yes yes i saw that uh and i i i mean certainly by voice completely unrecognized because you only you only got got, like his voice yeah uh in in there and like completely yeah and like (laughs) even his voice like unrecognizable but yeah he was in uh yeah, he was in Eternals, and he was in The Green Knight, and he was in Dunkirk. He has a very recognizable face, like a mm-hmm. very um, unusual, you know what I mean? Like, there's no actor that looks like him. That's mm-hmm. how I would describe, <laughs> describe Yeah, it. and like he's, a, like, he's a young actor. Talented. Um, but everything I've seen, yeah, everything I've seen him in, I've liked, like, he, for him, at least, like, he's, he's very good. So I felt like um, that was a surprise when I found out it was him, like, oh wow, he's going to be the new Joker moving forward. That's, whew, that's going to be but interesting. It's hard, Mike, it's hard to say because we're so early. Like, um, and because he was just in silhouette, who's to say they're not going to recast? Oh, and they might. Like, and they might make him someone else. And they might do, like, I think that's why they wanted it to be as ambiguous as right. possible. Because I think they wanted to give them flexibility. Like, the one thing, like, that they're doing right with this that DC has done wrong a lot is they're they're slowly building a world. Like what I liked about this movie was it felt more building what Gotham City is and yeah. the things it's going through more so where I feel like I can't wait to go back and see something else. Like I felt like they built the world very strongly and I think they're just giving themselves flexibility to see where they want to go. But I really like, and I think it's a good sign, they're casting young, talented actors. Yeah. Who, like, we, we could see Paul Dano as the Riddler again. Like, that, yeah, there's, there's nothing, no... especially if they return to Arkham, right? Which will, mm-hmm. if that's the, that's an interesting um, plot point, like, if they go in that direction. Um, yeah. I also wanted to quickly say, just because we've been talking about all the, like, Young actors. Not that he's not young, but he's a little older. Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, I he's thought great. was also very good. I Jeffrey love awesome. when I see him on screen. Like, he just kind of makes me smile. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't oh, know what you mean, but like, he's, in sure. <laughs> he's in another movie. I don't know. Like, he's he feels um, familiar watching him, which I think speaks mm-hmm. to his acting. Like, he's, like, whenever he's on screen, I'm like, I can trust him. You yeah, know. like you know, you know, you're gonna get a great performance out of yeah. him. The characters he normally plays are usually relatively trustworthy characters who are helpful in some capacity, except uh, him and Westworld. But um, he, but he doesn't know. <laughs> no, he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. He doesn't know. He doesn't I don't want to spoil Westworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to Westworld, sort of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I what I the other thing is this movie to me. What I liked about it, and how I still think you could have made it shorter but kept some of these aspects, is I did like the the different homages, like we allude to, of different things. Where I I loved the scenes where Batman and Gordon are kind of buddy cop going around trying to solve things. Mm-hmm. Like they're going around together to investigate, which is something Detectives. that I always 
yeah, like we we did we've never gotten a Batman detective on screen before, really. Like the Christopher Nolan movies did it a tiny bit, but not to this level where he's actually working with Gordon trying to figure this out. Like Riddler, you're not going to have like a big punching match with the Riddler. <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. You're not going to punch the Riddler, but like you're, you have him. to outsmart him, which I loved in this movie. And in terms of like I I will give you right now the four movies that I felt um, this movie was like paying homage to and borrowing heavily from. So seven, yeah, movie seven saw, uh, yeah, with the contraptions. The, I thought yeah, with the too. contraptions and like the, the his voice and like the, the riddles and stuff. Um, uh, the crow, obviously, um, and uh, I don't know if you saw Zodiac. I I know of it. I've seen scenes. Okay. So Zodiac, it felt like color palette wise, yeah. I thought the movie had a very similar tone to Zodiac and that sense of there's a killer going around and all you get, just like with Seven, is you show up too late. Like you're not, you're seeing, like Zodiac did a good job of you see like, you see the murder happen just like in the Batman, like you see it, but then it cuts away. And then the they show up to the, to the scene. And Zodiac did that a lot as well. Like the Zodiac killer was like dressed up and hidden going around committing these crimes. And I felt it was a bit borrowing from that as well. So those are the four films that I thought. The sense that with each crime, you don't want another person to die, but if another person dies, you get more clues. Yeah, it's an interesting, it was an interesting thing to sort of see that where you don't want another death, but it's all you, like there's nothing you can do. Like, and I think there was even a moment between Batman and Gordon where he kind of said that. Where he's like, until we get another clue here, what are we we're supposed waiting. to do? We're like we're kind of waiting, unfortunately, waiting for another death. Like, it, and it is, it is, and that had that very zodiac um, feel to it. And same with Seven, where they're just like these deaths are piling up, and they're each leaving clues, but they don't know where to go from there. Yeah, very good. Yeah. My- um, okay, so we haven't mentioned Zoe Kravitz at all. Um, she I was don't know fine. If that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that... <laughs> but yeah, Zoe Kravitz playing Selena Kyle, Catwoman. So you you thought she was fine? Yeah, like I don't have. Um, I know with these kind of franchises, people have like really strong feelings about certain characters. Like mm-hmm. aside from like the Batman, I don't. You know the supporting characters. I care. Well, everyone knows my feelings about supporting actors. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you you don't think they deserve awards? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not like I don't have like a favorite Catwoman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have like oh everyone compare is being compared to Halle Berry. I know that's I'm being facetious because people don't actually yes. like Halle Berry's Catwoman. No. But um, no one ever brings her up. No, <laughs> I thought she was good. I would say that she was better than Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I liked her portrayal more. Um, I thought her backstory was also interesting. Like she wasn't like a one, um, like she was multifaceted. Like she was part of the plot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she was way more involved than I thought she was going to be. Actually, like she was very like, and actually, again, my I think my favorite scenes with her were actually when he gave Batman kind of voluntolds her to to go undercover for him um and and they're speaking like she's got the eyepiece yeah on and they're like talking to each other and like he's trying to tell her to do stuff and whatever and like that to me was like very good like i yeah. I, I agree she wasn't just there she was like utilized as sort of a 
plot persons, which happens, like, unfortunately, in Batman movies, sometimes it happens. Where yeah, you just get a, just... a, yeah, she's just there. Um, yeah. But this this movie was much more like she kind of important to the whole piece to the plot yeah. that's going on. Um, I wish she was a little bit more morally. Like I like when our Catwoman is like a villain. You know what I mean? Mm. Like this one's like it's justified while I'm why I'm yeah. stealing this money. Like you don't know. You That's don't the thing. You, you're too on it. her side. Yeah, like you're too on the <laughs> Catwoman's side in this movie. I agree. Like it was too much. Like she was more of an antihero than like a villain. Um, and I definitely felt like I could have. You could have slipped her more into that. But again, now that she's gone away and will obviously return, she's not like at the end of the movie yeah. when she leaves. Like she's not like she's gone. Um, she probably will change and grow and and probably become more of a villain. A career um, yeah. heist jewel yeah. thief. But, I think um, they just the- so they wanted him to have one a love interest, but also they wanted him to have someone who who was not like Commissioner Gordon to to be in on this and have some sort of abilities and be able to take care of herself in a certain situation where like you could do like I think he they wanted to pair him up as much as possible um which again is interesting because these movies never want to have Robin in them but they 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 want to pair Batman up really really badly so I thought that that was it will be cool to see if they introduce Robin down the line it would be. I mean, I don't yeah. see why not. Like, there's so much interesting things you could do with Robin and the the everything that goes along with that. So as as these maybe yeah, like I would say not the next movie and probably not the movie after, but a movie four where we've been in this franchise for ten years and Robert Pattinson's a little older. Why not introduce a Robin? Like that would make yeah. a lot of sense. It would be really interesting. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I overall. Like, I liked the movie. I was really into it. Like, I'm going to give it a see it. It was just too long. And I do think, unlike some movies I've seen that are long, this one did feel it. Like, it felt the time. There were things you could have trimmed. Um, I think the director really had a vision of where he wanted to go um, and just did too much with it. But I'm, I'm giving this movie a see it, Taylor. Like, it's it's something yeah. that I think is worth worth seeing for sure. Mike, this is how I feel. with um, And I know not... Everyone agrees with me, especially like Marvel fans. Marvel fans could probably spend like 10 hours in a day watching a Marvel movie and it wouldn't be enough. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm one of those. (laughs) Yes, I know. For me, this genre of movie, kind of that action, almost like fantasy, whatever, I want it to be pretty accessible and I want to be able to throw it on at any time of the day and kind of just be able to drop in and not commit my whole evening to it like for me this is pure entertainment i want an entertainment length movie so that's why it needs to be under two hours so to me it really makes this movie inaccessible because it's highly stylized um if you don't like batman you're probably not going to see this movie you know what i mean like it's three hours but that being said i agree with you mike um it's an exciting reboot. I'm very impressed with the acting. I thought the Riddler was a really great villain. Um, and so for me, this is a see it. I really did love the car chase with the penguin yeah. on the highway. Like yeah, that <laughs> that's well worth, yeah. well worth. That's one other thing I want to mention. Thank God it did not have the cheesy CGI 
that the last couple Marvel movies have had. No, it was very real. Like it was very practical. They didn't use a lot of CGI actually. I don't think uh, in this movie it was very real. Yeah. And it, it, and felt, it felt, it felt real. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I agree with you, Mike. It's a see it. Even though I, my major bone of contention, it is too long. I will die on that hill. It does not need to be three hours. No, I, I, I do agree with you. Um, it, it is too long. They, and, and again, I think, I do think it's a testament to some movies when they can be long and they don't feel it. But I do think if you leave the theater being like, there are things that could have been trimmed, then that's not good. Like, I don't think that's the a, whole that's a very good thing. city flooding. Yeah. Like again, that, that entire, the last half hour of the movie, a lot of it felt like what, why, why are we still why? doing this? Like, I, yeah. like, I just, I didn't know what was going on by the end. I thought when they captured the Ritter, I'm like, I'm like, okay, Things are going to wrap up here. And there was still like at least a half an hour left of the movie. I would have liked if they set it up, it ended with him in Arkham and um, the Riddler is like, you're just like me, whatever. You know what I mean? Like we can team up. And when Robert Pattinson like loses it and like starts berating him. And then we see it it could have because you see him being like, this is the eternal struggle with the Joker because the Joker says, Batman, you're just like me. You're the flip side. You know, we're we're Mm. two sides of the same coin. That's like the eternal struggle with Batman, how to never cross the line and to become one of the criminals. Right. So Mm. I think it really got underneath his skin when, you know, the Riddler is saying we're so alike. Can't you see? And that's when he like loses it, which is a very 22 year old response and then leaving Arkham and just feeling kind of that defeat Mm -hmm. right that to me would have been the perfect ending and then we see that growth in the second movie right yeah because you could have done the city exploding thing flooding in the second movie we could have seen some growth from that could have seen him deal with it and left us because I think they wanted to wreck Gotham a bit to get it to a point where they can do right, the next yeah. couple of movies it's unstable. have it be kind of more yeah. unstable. But you could have done that easily in another movie. Like, yeah, you could, it could uh, have been yeah, the I, first thirty minutes of the of the second movie. Could have been, yeah. Or do you like? Um, I know we're running out of time, but like Escape from New York style, where mm-hmm. it's the prequel to the. It's like the ticker tape on the screen. You know, mm-hmm. a year has passed. These things have happened in Gotham. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would have been great. Like an O to 80, 80s action movies. So, again, yeah. Hollywood, come knock on my door. I can tell yeah. you <laughs> how to do this. But anyways, long story short, go see it. Enjoy Robert yeah. Pattinson. He's great. I can't wait to see yeah. more. Definitely agreed. Um, thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our Batman episode. We're back, hopefully, with some new movies over the next uh, couple of weeks. So thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.